Adam Barkley, what a malarkey. You'll never guess what he's done. With a hey diddle diddle, bought a bird bath a little and he's hung it off his bum. <laughs> That's a classic, Ash. You've outdone yourself once again. Take it to the bank. Yeah. Well, we actually got some fan mail for the first time in a while. Oh, yeah. Postcard with a very mysterious poem on it about you for once. Well, I was wondering if you might like to you might like to be on the receiving end of one of these offensive limericks for once. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Ashley Caton found five pasties and ate them because he's short, fat, pink and a porker. When he's choked on the crust, the bloke hit the dusk and his folks heard the thump home in Yorkshire. Well, that's not very nice. Yeah, it's not nice being the subject of offensive poetry, is it? It's really not, Adam. I mean, you can't possibly imagine how hard this is for me, actually. <laughs> I just have to <laughs> I just have to deal with this live. You do, yeah. You know, as if it hasn't even happened. And just keep going. You just, yeah, and we just have to maintain this genteel <sighs> veneer that we're still we you know, we're not just doing in this for the money. Yeah. <laughs> well, um to uh to make things all nice again. Last time you said you'd missed the detective uh, interactive. Oh, I that did. did Have you written one? So I've written one. For oh, you. Great. So, um, I love the last the, one. So basically, it's a little murder riddle. A little, and, uh, little, I'll, okay. I'll paint you a scene. Oh, please do. And then you have to decide who the culprit is. Great. You ready? Yes, of course I am. These are great. It is a wild and howling January night and the dicey streets shake, rattle, and roll. Round every corner, the wet dog of the wind springs up in your face. Since morning, the storm has been turning out the city's pockets and flinging away what it finds. With a, ci- with a cigarette swinging like a windscreen wiper, you arrive on the scene. Bad day to be in the cobweb business, yells the chief of police. But it's always a worse day to be a fly, you growl, (laughs) looking down upon the mangled body of Fudge Lullaby. Fudge was a make-nice for any criminal syndicate that could afford him. If anyone they were squeezing got wise, they'd send round Fudge, who'd butter them up and put their worries to sleep. As handy with a truncheon or a tray of truffles, Fudge was an artist, infusing the charm offensive with new meaning. But even guys slippery as old fudge run out of bum squeak sooner or later. (laughs) Whoever killed him wasn't taking any chances. He'd been beaten, stabbed, shot, and finally boiled. Still humming pink, the rain was bouncing off him with a bacon hiss. One of these guys is the culprit, shouts the chief of police, pointing to three glowering shadows in the back of his car. They're all street artists. One's a magician, one makes sand sculptures, and the other's a mime. All of them claim to be busking when the murder happened. Searching the bodies for... (laughs) Searching the body for clues, you can see a white glove shoved in Lullaby's mouth, its fingers gently scratching his chin in the wind. The word warlock has been carved into his forehead. (laughs) Naked, the body is positioned like Michelangelo's Adam, pointing God knows where. Who killed Fudge Lullaby? Oh, God, I love these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I, th- I, th- I think I've got it. I think I've got it. But let's mm-hmm. let's talk around this a bit. Okay. Uh, can I just say something to start off with? Yeah. The first one of these I did. Um, the culprit was you, <laughs> and the joke was you'd been bummed. I just want to say that's not happening this time. Okay. You can actually solve this one. 
and you are not the culprit. Okay. Um, I think I've got this one, but we can we can talk around okay. it a bit. For anyone who doesn't know, Ash... Anything you want to dissect? Well, for starters, I know you've been putting up lists of fake Raymond Chandler names on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I recognise Fudge Lullaby as off of that one yeah, of those. Yeah, Fudge Lullaby is one of them. <laughs> well, I think it's impressive they managed to fit three buskers in the back of one police car. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> oh, right. I think I've got it. So I don't think it's the mime. And I don't think it's the wizard. Right. Any any thoughts on why it's not the Well, I mean, I have a feeling the the white glove is very much a red herring. Red herring as is the Fair. word carved into his forehead. Also a red herring. Warlock. <laughs> I think it's because it's very, very windy. And it's really, really hard to build sandcastles when it's windy. Oh, you've cracked it. I cracked it. the case. You cracked it. You know, the warlock and the white glove, I was really just trying to throw you off. I hadn't thought of the connection to mimes or wizardry. Oh, really? All really? I was trying to do was disguise the fact that I'd said it was windy <laughs> and that there was a guy who was making sand sculptures so it couldn't be him. No, I got it, mate. <laughs> I fucking knocked that one up. Congratulations. Well, take my... All right, well, next time I'm going to I'm gonna have to try and make it harder. I'm going to have to step it up. Yeah. Or you can just make it completely unsolvable again. Yeah, I'll just go back to bumming. <laughs> it's, um... Cryptic bumming. <laughs> You might remember, Adam, the um, beloved uh, children's book series set around Edinburgh, funded by Visit Scotland. Yeah, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking over the script they sent through. Um, well, I know you obviously want to get some more sort of poetry airtime, so um, why don't you you read out this new? They've done a spe- like a lockdown special <laughs> um, with with Haggis McTorris board. Special, special is definitely one word for it. Take it away, mate, whenever you're ready. Here we go. At home on his own sat a very sad haggis. In lockdown, his life was a boring inferno of blanking at walls and banking his furlough. A big haggis tear ran down his haggis old nose. He missed public transport, the gift shop, the zoo. Oh, left with his thoughts, what was he to do? Near bother, you wee brown peppery puddin'. The zoo might be shut, but zoom's always open. Forget wearing a mask and waiting in queues. There's a zoo that's online and it's waiting for yous. For just normal admission price, you can take a pre-recorded video walking tour of Edinburgh Zoo, recorded in 2015. Meet animals you can't see now at the real zoo, because they're all dead. And for a monthly fee of £59, why not adopt a virtual penguin? This cute little gif will save onto any Sony Ericsson phone or tablet, just like the ever-popular Pokemon, but useless in battle. Yippee, said Haggis McTourist Board. Yippee, yippee. But soon, no sooner had he smiled than he went back to bits. There was something still on his Haggis old tits. What could he do to give back to the arts, pay back the actors and poets who'd fleeced him for shows and events and social policing? New bother, you wee brown spicy wee bumbag. The fringe didn't happen, but they're bringing the fun back. Forget boozing and banter and walking a boot. Stay home and watch Instagram poets poot. For just 250 quid, become a lifetime member, member of edfringe.com. This entitles you to a blank lanyard and a free virgin money poster for home. 
Tune in to Instagram live events featuring everything from apologetically terrible spoken word to proudly terrible <laughs> spoken word. Yippee, said Harry Haggis McTourist Board. Yippee, yippee. But something was missing. A tam shanter without a bobble. And his lower haggis lips started to wobble. One of his studies at Edinburgh Uni. That poor institution might just fall away. Without education, no one would pay. Nee bother, you wee brown ball of sheep gash. The unis may be shut, but they'll still keep your cash. For a nominal fee of just as much as it always costs, enjoy campus life without all of its drawbacks. Access to tutors, interacting with fellow students, interacting with anybody, libraries, counsellors, fresh air, and any form of support. These lavishly funded institutions need your help to keep the cats in cream. So for any reason, pretend for a year or two that this factory is actually some kind of charitable foundation that needs some extra juice from the very children it treats like sausages. Yippee, said Haggis McTourist Board. Yippee, yippee. At last he was happy and always just fine. He'd keep studying massage alone and online. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know he studied massage. Yeah. There you go. Happy ending. Great. You, there's um a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, money floating around in the old um, visit Scotland slash fund these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say it's ghost written. A lot of secrecy surrounds the true author of um, Haggis McDorris board stories. Really? Nobody knows. Does he use a pen name? Some say it's McCall Smith. Some say it's Rankin. Some say it's Welsh. <laughs> it's actually all of them. Perhaps. Yeah. They just take a line each. <laughs> yeah, and then they take a line each. <laughs> So a huge um, seismic discovery in the literature world that I'm sure you've heard about. Lay it on me. This new recording. Oh, yeah? This new recording of a, of a, a Ted Hughes poem that someone's just found. <laughs> um, just, just in time for foul papers. Incredible, <laughs> huh? Brilliant. I mean, he is. Is he, is he still alive? No. Is he just he's very dead? Very dead. Um, but uh, shall I just, I've, I mean, it's obviously avail- widely available and, and they've signed the rights over to us, so shall I just play it for you? Go for it. I watched a wagtail hiccup up the guttering, glossy, smooth, butterwing and blackberry-eyed. Idle on the white wall like fresh ink on the page, its commitment featherlight. When bang, sparrowhawk, out of nowhere, shit! I shout from the balcony where I sat as Sparrowhawk dropped like a Damocles twat. As for the wagtail, that was that. Piss off, Sparrowhawk, I say. I hate you. When a voice reminds me, Ted, nature is nature. I watched a ferret frolic fluting through a wheat field, his attention spanning piecemeal acres of whimsy, where life is a little light, and little lives mattered. When bang, sparrowhawk, ferrets fucking battered. Here a harvest mouse nosing home for bed. Bang, sparrowhawk, nope, dead. I take the dog for a walk up the crags to clear my head. Bang, sparrowhawk, dog's lost a bloody leg. A sweet little duck, bang, sparrowhawk, fuck. The, ki- the kids build a snowman, bang, sparrowhawk, it's over. I cry. Raising my rifle right to my eye. Bang, Sparrowhawk. Go meet thy maker and tell him Ted told you nature is nature. <laughs> Haunting Ooh, stuff. That one's for all the, the um, Ted Hughes fans out there who love 
animal murder. Well, you can't be a Ted Hughes fan and not be up for a bit of that. I mean, it's it's not it's not approval. It's I think it's a reverence. It's in his nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone, I'm very excited to announce that after all the interviews Ash has been doing, he's finally let me do one. He's lined one up for me. So today I'm going to be talking to a mystery author who is currently hiding his or her video on Zoom. But now it's time for them to reveal their identity. So mystery author, will you please? Oh, for fuck's sake, it's you. Hi, Adam. It's Richard Woof. As I live and woof. Hello, Richard. So you've written a book, Richard. Yeah, it's a memoir um, called An Old Dog Reflects. Uh, it opens with a, a graphic account of my 2019 car crash, uh, and then it flashes back and forth between my past, World War II, and the, uh, the process of my recovery. I didn't even know you could write, Richard. Where do you get your ideas from? Well, I first got the idea for the book when I was looking up lists of activities for people who are idle and financially unburdened. And uh, since I already make my own cheese, I decided to go for number two, which was uh, publish memoirs with a vanity press. So you said the book opens with an account of your horror crash. Can you go into that in extreme detail and tell me about just how much it hurt? What many people don't understand about my accident is it wasn't a simple vehicle-to-vehicle collision. It was a quadruple Uber pileup. Uber fatal, as my doctor joked. Uh, two of the drivers did actually pass, um, but they, they had pre-existing conditions. Uh, what happened was, as you know, Adam, I like to travel in convoy. Uh, so I tend to book four Ubers for each journey. Uh, empty car at the front, empty car at the back, and then I either take the second or third. I like to mix it up, keep the snipers guessing. Um, on this fateful day, I was in the second car from the front, and you know the irony is, looking back, I didn't have anywhere to be. I, I simply wanted to be taken for a drive to take my mind off things. So, so we were prowling without purpose around Pit Lockery when a deer jumped in front of car one. Driver slams on the brakes. Deer was fine, but that was the start of the trouble for me. Now, confession time, Adam, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I was actually spread-eagled uh, across the back seat, shirtless, with my bare feet out of the window. Uh, it's nice with the wind. And uh, on my chest, I had quite a heavy, hot plate of nibbles. Um, so I knew when my driver uh, collided with the car in front, my ankles were as good as broken and my nibbles good as ruined. What happened next was that uh, the subsequent impact of car three to two threw me into a position whereby my pelvis was jammed between the AC tower units at the driver's elbow, driver was dead uh, by now, and the rear seat. Uh, this wasn't an Uber XL, so you, uh, you do get what you pay for. Um, anyway, I was trapped. So when car four collided with car three, my pelvis was like a sick, sitting duck. And uh, sure enough, it was, in my doctor's words, shattered beyond recognition. Well, that's fantastic, Richard. That's really brought me a little bit of joy today. <laughs> um, did you say you'd, um, you'd put World War II in it as well? Yeah, well, you know, even an old dog like me isn't quite old enough to remember the war, but I, I feel very close to it. You know, I lost, I lost family members. Oh, um, they, they, they die fighting. Well, yeah, my great uncle was in the Luftwaffe. Um, I opened my book with, <laughs> I opened my book with um, a writing technique, Adam, that's called split screen, 
whereby one second you're with me, uh, with my pelvis being destroyed, and the next you're up in the air with Uncle Gunther sh- <laughs> sh- shooting down Spitfires. <laughs> shooting down Spitfires. Oh, and was he um, was he shot down himself? <laughs> no, he he actually dropped dead after one of Goering's binges. You know, there's only so much cocaine, sodomy, and Bavarian sausage a man can take uh, before his body just gives up on him. What's really frightening is that his injuries were uncannily similar to my own. His pelvis was also completely pulverized, um, which really just brought it home how how close it all was. Well, I will make sure to never, ever read that. Thanks for coming to the show, Richard. Oh, so how was your first interview? Um, You knew it was him, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. You just didn't want to do it. You just didn't want to have to talk to him. I, I hate him. I, I can't stand him. But yet you continue to encourage him with interview spots. I just feel sorry for him now he's on crutches. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hopefully hopefully the next one will be fatal. <laughs> well, I don't think he's learned his lesson. Um, oh, just um, Goodreads League. Oh, yeah. So, don't know if you remember, but last time we switched it up and we're going to start doing books we've covered, you and I, on the podcast. Um, and last time we did The Driver's Seat, which was our first episode together. I think you'll be surprised by the results. Okay. We both, just to refresh your memory, we, we made similar guesses. We both plumped for it being pretty well reviewed. Mm-hmm. For those listening for the first time, what we do is we guess what the star rating is on Goodreads. Uh, the idea being that over time we'll accrue a score and whoever has the least is the winner because they've been closer. Um, Adam, you won. Oh, congratulations me. You guessed 4.79. I guessed 4.91. Um, it was really low, I thought. It was 3.63. Oh, so I only I only won by dint of being the lower one. Well, I mean, you were closer. Wow, okay. You were closer to the number. Well, but as in like... It- yeah, but it wasn't like I, I assumed I'd get it because it would be like four point seven something. I didn't actually think it would be like down below four. That's interesting. Well, I've, I, I reckon I know exactly why that is. I think people have come straight off of Miss Jean Brody, mm. picked up the shortest one that she wrote, mm. look at read it, gone. What the fuck is that? I wanted more whimsical tales about an Edinburgh school teacher, and I got a psychedelic murder mystery with a murder-suicide. Quite possibly, yeah. And, it, you know, it's really widely reviewed, so clearly um, clearly, there's been quite a few sort of one stars. Yeah. Could also be, you know, the content. It is pretty uh, grim. Some people will give a one-star review just because it's, you know, depicts violence and, and sexual violence in particular. I'm going to go have a quick look. And just pick a random one-star review. Okay, yeah, let's do that. In the meantime, cast your memory back to Burns Night 2019, I think it would have been. Oh, God, yeah. You and I discussing um, Boswell and Johnson. And um, in fact, you saying, read this book to the Hebrides. Let's talk about it. Uh I look very fondly back on that one. It seemed like a, a sort of turning point a bit. Uh, something about Boswell and Johnson just seemed like the perfect subject material for us. Um, mm-hmm. What do you remember about those halcyon days of a talking about that, but also just that book? I remember being able to go outside for starters, but um, 
Well, I think that was the first time we'd really done any kind of nonfiction. So we got to talk about real, real people mm-hmm. doing real things, which I think lent itself to, you know, these were two literary figures having a joint, which mm-hmm. was always quite fun. Samuel Johnson's such a character anyway. And it was the first time we did that. It was one of a, of a series of like going on a jollies, basically. Mm-hmm. Th- those sorts of books, Wind in the Willows, Fear and Loathing. What else? Water music, um, but also oh, 20,000 Leagues, that kind of thing, which we'll be coming up to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, um, that was fun. So let's let's predict a uh, a rating for it anyway. Um, well, before we before we go oh, any yeah, further, yeah. I want to I want to um, report on my findings mm. in the um, the good the um, the one star zone. Yeah, um, it's as good as I thought it was going to be. And I was correct. Oh, I thought that was the review. Um, I thought someone was going to say, it's good as I thought it was going to be. Shit. No, I was correct as to why people really didn't like it. Oh, really? Uh, I've got some got some great quotes here. A useless, irritating little book. <laughs> uh, blissfully short, thank goodness. Um, that was weird. Uh, completely unrelatable as a character. I feel like they might be missing the point slightly. I'm not how, sure how relevant that is, but I also don't think it's true. I think it's uh, anyone who's ever felt confused. Easily one of the worst things I've ever read. Wow. I really like it. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> Definitely. They're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, never, never never, am I somebody to tell them someone that their opinions on a book are wrong, but you're wrong. You're all wrong. Okay. Uh, so I guess for... Um, to the Hebrides. To the Hebrides. Hmm. I reckon... I'm going to guess four stars on the nose. Four stars on the nose, okay. I think you're in the right area. I might try and close the gap and go for five. Okay. Because my theory being that no one that isn't already into the journals will pick it up. Interesting. Okay. My, but remember, remember that I can use, I'm using the, um, the price is right gamble here. Where if you're saying it's five, I win every time it's below four. You only win if it's four point five or above. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna stick with five. Well, I I, I think it's either gonna get into a really minute battle because I think I'm either gonna go five or like four point five. Actually, let's keep it minute. We're in it for the long run. I'm gonna go four point five. <laughs> there we go. Um, remember, yeah. Also, keep in mind what I just read about Muriel Spark <laughs> and what, yeah. what, what, what people will decide constitutes a one-star rating. Having an unrelatable character is apparently a one-star offence. But short novel by the author of Prime of Miss Jean Brodie, I can see that falling into the hands of a lot of people who are going to turn against it. Who's going to pick up to the Hebrides that isn't already into it? That's true. Or it's massive. Could be a lot of bitter students of history who had to read it hated it uh, i suppose the only thing i can think of that would really it would be constitutes of bad reviews would be people that don't like the editing or or people who picked it up thinking it would be actual kind of travelogue rather than what it actually is you know it's yeah. not it's, it's, it's not easily readable travel writing put it that way parts of it are um and the rest of it is 
But it's not relevant travel writing, is it? It doesn't really tell you, tell you anything. No, remember uh, just how much they moan about irrelevant politics. Yeah, yeah. and uh, There are thousands and thousands of words in that book. And all of the supernatural stuff. <laughs> I like the supernatural stuff. Yeah, it's a great book, though. Oh, no, it's a great book, but I can completely understand somebody reading thousands of words about a politician who's been dead for over 300 yeah. years. On a, on a serious note, if, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't sort of come across the book before, I recommend, well, listen to our podcast to hear more about it, but <laughs> check it out. It is uh, it is pretty joyous if you like that sort of expansive journaling, it's sort of 18th century vigor and enthusiasm for life and eating and all of that. Yeah. Um, and it has the... For those of you who don't know, there's, there was journals written by Boswell and journals written by Johnson during this tour that they did together. That's and the this, best. Bit. This volume puts them together, and so you see what they they were in chronological in order. chronological order. So yeah, you basically get Johnson's version and then Boswell telling you about what Johnson actually said, saw, and did, <laughs> rather um, than rather than yeah, rather rather than Johnson's. Um, I'm the smartest man in the room, and here's the funny thing I said, and then Boswell says Johnson actually got raucously pissed and had to go to bed early <laughs> yeah okay well we will check in with that again next time and that is it for foul papers this week um month i'm going to try and keep them monthly see how that well that goes well i'm um, see you in 2022 then yeah probably i, mean, I think <laughs> that was our output last year with foul papers i think it was just the one oh, I, um, I don't think anyone anyone's expecting consistency especially at the moment no and if you are you're a bad bad fan Bad fan. <laughs> You're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs>